Recently, I looked at something I wrote seven months ago when Pope Francis had just been elected. Someone had asked me if he was going to be a progressive pope. My response was that I thought Pope Francis would be taking the church where she needs to go. What I found most surprising of the last seven months is that everyone is so surprised. Pope Francis goes to Mass at local parish. Pope Francis chooses to live at Casa Santa Marta. Pope Francis celebrates Holy Thursday at a local detention center and washes the feet of Muslims and women. Pope Francis rides in an open Popemobile. Pope Francis carries his own briefcase. Pope Francis calls newspaper vendor. He owns a cell phone, phones a young man who wrote to him, cracks a joke, laughs, and so it goes. Every day there's a new surprise. But this, to me, is not surprising. This is what it means to be a pastor is what most priests that I knew growing up were like, is what we call being present. In Latin America, in Spanish, we call it acompañar, or walking with. It's how the clergy is supposed to relate to the laity. We walk with them, we are present to them, we are with them. In fact, it's how all people are supposed to relate to others. And it's no surprise that Francis's big thing is going to the peripheries, opening the doors of the church, not so people can come in, but so that we can go out, go out to the streets, come down from the balconies, get out of the sacristies, and we don't need a program of evangelization in order to do that. So, is this progressive? I don't think so. Is it church? Absolutely! It is that apostolic church that Jesus founded with one mission, to go and make disciples of all nations and proclaim the good news to all creation. That's not where the church needs to go. The church has always been there. That's where we need to go. And Pope Francis is the shepherd who is walking among us as we pilgrimage on our way there. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello, I'm Deacon Pedro. Welcome to a new season of the Salt and Light Hour. And first off, we begin by giving away a copy of Sarah Hart's Saint Song. And the CD goes to Faith Bowman from Hamilton, Ontario. Congratulations, Faith. We'll be contacting you shortly and sending you a copy of Sarah Hart's Saint Song. And for those of you who'd like to win a prize, just remember you can always go to our website, saltonlighttv.org radio and enter your name and email address for a chance to win. You can also visit us at facebook.com slrradio1 and send us a comment telling us how much you like our show and then we'll enter your name in our weekly draw. Today, Alicia Ambrosio begins as our new news producer. She'll be taking over from Krista Matrenko. And Andrew Santos joins us on the phone to share about a saint. And Sheridan will be speaking with Eden D'Souza in Calgary about stewardship. So if you don't know what that word means, stick around. And Sister Marie Paul Curley kicks off our new season by giving us the windows to the soul of two movies about families. And that's going to be in about 15 minutes. And in our second half hour, we'll be speaking with Lino Rulli, host of The Catholic Guy, a program that airs on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM, Mondays to Fridays from 5 to 7 p.m. Um, he just wrote his second book, Saint, Why I Should Be Canonized Right Away. And so I guess he'll be telling us why. And we promised to bring Audrey Assad back to the program to talk about her newest album, Fortunate Fall. And so today, we're going to do just that. We'll be playing some of her music and speaking with her about the new album in our second half hour. But let's begin, as we always do, with a song. So here is Audrey Assad with I Shall Not Want from her new album, 
fortunate fall. Audrey Assad with I Shall Not Want from her new album, Fortunate Fall. And we're going to be speaking with Audrey in our second half hour. And in about 10 minutes, Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. But first, 
Alicia is here with our news. Welcome, Alicia. Yay, it's good to be our here. Our new news producer, Alicia, host of the uh, Salt and Light television program, Vatican Connections. Mm-hmm. So she's our... our uh, I'm your Vatican Connection. Yes, <laughs> yes. She's our Vatican Connection now. We got a special direct line to the Vatican here. Um, what's in our news today? Okay, so it's been a busy week, as always, because Francis doesn't stop. Yes. Pope Francis called for an extraordinary synod to be held next October 5th to 19th, so that's October 2014, and the topic is the pastoral challenges of the family in the context of evangelization. Right. Now, the fact that it's called an extraordinary synod means it's an issue that he considers urgent. Okay. And there has been a lot of speculation about why he called for this synod. The reality is that there's a lot of families out there who are Catholic, but for whatever reason don't feel like the church is reaching them. And the church feels that they don't know how to reach these families. Uh Um, You know, a lot of families find themselves in difficult situations, unique situations, gritty. The grittiness of life gets gets Uh in. Um, So there's been speculation that he might have called this as a reaction to certain dioceses trying to find their own ways to minister to, like, for example, divorced Catholics who are civilly remarried. We don't know that. What we do know is that he thinks it's urgent to figure out how to deal with these situations. So expect this synod to look not just at how we minister to families who are already active and engaged, but also how do we deal with the gritty issues that many families face these days. Right. Can I ask a quick question? So how does that compare with the other synods in the new evangelization, synod on the word of God? Were those also extraordinary synods? No, those were ordinary synods. Okay. So this Um, is, okay. That's so, yeah. Okay. And in which case there was kind of a timeline. We knew they were going to, there was going to be another synod in a couple of years. Um, but in this case, it, they may have been waiting to hold a synod right. later on down the road. And he said, no, we're going to hold one next year and it's going to be on this topic. And it trumps whatever might have already been on the okay. table. Okay, I see. Yeah. So the other piece of news we've got, the renewal process for the Legionaries of Christ and the women's branch of Renium Christi is close to an end. Right. The apostolic visitator, Cardinal Velazio de Paulis, announced in a letter on their website that... The women of Runyon Christie will be holding a general assembly this year, right before Christmas, starting uh, December 2nd. And the Legionaries of Christ will hold a general chapter in the new year, starting January 8th. And both meetings are to finalize the new statutes for those communities. Right. So as we all remember, um, Benedict, Pope Benedict appointed Cardinal de Paulis to study the legionaries after the founder mm-hmm. died, and it was discovered that he had been living a whole double life, and the people right. closest to him had been covering it up. Yes. So when the visitation for Renum Christi began, um, sorry, when the visitation for the legionaries began, the women's branch, Renum Christi, also started asking for a similar renewal process okay. and visitation process, and that's so almost it. at an end. Yeah, they did, and it's coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Now, Pedro, did you know that the city of Saskatoon was founded by temperance Christians? No, I did not know <laughs> that piece of important trivia about Saskatoon. And the reason I'm asking you about this piece of trivia is because of that history. Official city events often begin with a prayer. Uh-huh. And as you might expect, uh, recently an official complaint was made because a prayer was said to start off a volunteer breakfast. Yes. Now, this actually happened in 2012. And since then, 
The city's solicitor has been studying the matter, and he presented the city council with a report on the matter and gave them three possible solutions. One, just eliminate the prayers altogether. Two, have a moment of silence instead of a prayer. Or draft a general inclusive statement that can be used, which mentions spirituality, but Uh not any specific deity. So city council in Saskatoon has voted for the third option, drafting a general inclusive statement. They don't want to get to the point of banning the prayer purposely because of the city's history. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, a community activist has filed a human rights complaint against city council. (laughs) Other secularists are hoping that the complaint goes through. But the Catholic Civil Rights League actually said that the option of having one verse that includes um, everyone that is inclusive is really interesting because... It might be a good way to reflect the growing diversity in our yeah, in our city. Interesting, interesting. So we will see how that plays out. Yes, I'm sure we're going to be hearing more on that story. Thank you, Alicia. Um, our news producer, Alicia Ambrosio. You can watch Alicia on Salt and Light Television every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific on her show Vatican Connections. She is your Vatican connection, so no excuses. And remember, if you'd like to comment on anything that you hear on this program, anything Alicia has just said, we'd love to hear from you. Send us your comments via Facebook, facebook.com slash slradio1. For every comment that you send, you'll be entered to win our weekly draw. And remember, like our page while you're there. Hi, I'm Julian Cantor, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. You can find me at deaconpedro.com and also on Facebook. Just look for Deacon Pedro and my Twitter handle is at deaconpedrogm. And now it's time for Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Andrew, welcome to the new season of the Salt and Light Hour. How are you? Deacon Pedro. Oh, it's fantastic. I've been I've been waiting for a while for this show I to start. I know. Did you have a good summer? Yeah, I know. And uh, this summer has been absolutely incredible in the church. Yes. You were at World Youth Day. I was. I was. Excellent. Yeah, um, quite the experience of a lifetime. I know. So who's our saint today? Yeah, so um, I thought we would kick off our season by looking at St. Marguerite Duvel. Um, here... I actually have a few friends of mine who go to St. Margaret Duville Parish, and I didn't realize that um, St. Margaret Duville uh, Deacon is actually Canadian. Yeah, she's... I didn't realize that her roots <laughs> are actually Canadian, and yeah, she's, by she, Canadian, yeah. I mean born here. Yeah, she was born not, here. Not, you know, yeah. uh, an import from France, as much yeah. as uh, we love our beautiful people who have come here from other countries. No, she's actually born she's and bred the real right thing. here in Canada. Yeah. And I find that fanta- uh, fantastic. Fantastic. So yeah, so anyways, okay, so, um, yeah. St. Margaret Duville, um, she is the founders of the Sisters of Charity, uh-huh. which are better known as the Grey Nuns of Canada. Quite an interesting name. Um, St. Margaret Duville was born in Varennes, Quebec, and that happened on October the 15th, and she was born with the name Marie-Margaret Dufrost de la Gemere. Okay. She studied under the, the Ursulines, uh, the Ursulines who we know. Yep. Um, she ended up marrying François Duville in the year 1722, and became a widow in 1730. Just eight years after she was married, she then hmm. became a widow. She worked to support herself, and we know that she had three children. She spent a lot of her time, uh, Deacon Pedro, she devoted much of her time to the confraternity of the Holy Family in charitable activities. Right. In 1737, with three of her friends, three of her companions, she founded the Grey Nuns uh-huh. when they took their initial vows. 
And a formal declaration ended up taking place in the year 1745. Okay. Two years after that, she was appointed directress of the General Hospital, and that is in Montreal, which was taken over by the Grey Nuns, and had the rule of the Grey Nuns with um, Margaret, Margaret Duvilla Superior, and she was confirmed by the Bishop of Pompeyon of Quebec in the year 1755. Mm -hmm. um, Deacon Pedro, Margaret always fought for the rights of the poor. Um, she broke with the social conventions of her day. Uh, she was just one woman, but this daughter of the Church had a vision for caring for the poor. You know, we have a Holy Father right now, uh, Deacon Pedro, who is very concerned about going into the peripheries yep. and finding those who are less fortunate and giving of our time and our energy to them. And Margaret Duville, I guess, you know, if she was still alive, I think Pope Francis would, would definitely um, be at her side. So um, she died in Montreal on December the 23rd uh -huh. uh, of that year. And since her death, the Grey Nuns have established many schools, hospitals, and orphanages. And that's not just throughout Canada, but that includes the United States, Africa, and South America. Mm -hmm. And the Grey Nuns, to which Margaret uh, belonged to, are especially known for their work among the Eskimos. Oh, really? Yeah, which is very interesting. Uh, I don't think they call them Eskimos anymore, Andrew. No, they don't. <laughs> Inuits, maybe. Um, the Inuit, or better yet, the First Nations people. First Nations up north. Yes, yes. exactly. Okay, just to, uh, just to be sure. So, Margaret Deville was beatified by uh, one of my favorite popes, Pope John the Twenty Third, and that happened in the year 1959. Yeah. And then, uh, fast forward to 1990, she was canonized by Pope John Paul II. I know. So um, we invoke her intercession. We give thanks for the gifts of her life, and uh, we pray for Saint Margaret Deville. Absolutely. So her feast day is, you said? Uh, Wednesday, October the 16th. She will be uh, remembered uh, in the church. She's in the litur liturgical yeah, calendar for uh, Wednesday, yeah, of course. October the 16th. Excellent. So yeah, that's coming up. So St. Marguerite Duville, she's one of our our rockin' Canadian saints. Yes, she is. A powerful, you know, rockin' woman there, October 16th. Um, thank you, Andrew. Good. That was our saint expert, Andrew Santos, in about 10 minutes. Sheridan will be finding out what stewardship is and telling us, because we don't know, with Eden D'Souza of the Diocese of Calgary. So stay tuned. Hi, this is Sarah Hart, and you are listening to the Salt and Light Hour with the very awesome Deacon Pedro. My name is Deacon Pedro. You can find Salt and Light Radio on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash slradio1. That's the number one. And be sure to like our page. Also, stay connected with us by giving us your name and email address at saltandlighttv.org slash radio for a chance to win cool music prizes. And now it's time for... <music> Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie-Paul Curley. Sister, welcome to our new season. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. It's wonderful to be here. Okay, so you have some movies for us. I do, and I, I wanted to start off by asking you a question. Okay. Oh. Do you have a favorite on-screen family? Favorite on-screen family? Yeah, movie or television. Okay. Mm. I don't know about favorite. Well, maybe favorite. Can I go like to the Little House on the Prairie? That was a good Absolutely. family. But the That's Waltons. <laughs> the Waltons were a good family too. <laughs> yes. And do you yes. remember that show Eight is, Eno Eight is Enough? There was I've something about that, that family that I liked. Um, oh, that's neat. And, but movies, maybe The Incredibles? The Incredibles was a good family. 
That's they a have great superpowers. Feeling. I didn't even think of them. I yeah. I go back with to the classic with the Von Trapp family. Oh <laughs> yes, of music. course, the Von and Trapp then family. A more recent film with the Tui family and the Blind Side. I really enjoyed. Oh, that I didn't family. see that. Oh. Oh. No. Yeah, well, is that great film? <laughs> maybe I did see that. Anyway. My films today are about families okay. um, facing a changing world. So uh, both were released to DVD this week. The first is the animated The Crudes. Okay. And, (laughs) you know, when I heard the title, I was like, I don't know about this. Yeah, what is it about? It's pretty good. It's about a cave-dwelling family uh, living in the Stone Age who basically survive by hiding out in their cave and just coming out to hunt. Uh, Mm. But there's a series of earthquakes, volcanoes, natural disasters. We're not really given the motivation. It's animated after all. Yeah. And... um, they, their cave is destroyed, and so they must make a terrifying journey to find safety. Uh, fortunately, their rebellious daughter, Eep, meets Guy, who is uh, a wandering passerby, uh-huh. who is able to guide them towards safety. But on the way, he challenges their attitude towards life, you know, to move from, like, fear and always hiding um, and focusing on survival to, uh, you know, a sense of hope and focusing on okay. moving towards a better tomorrow. Okay, so they they live in the cave because they're hiding. They're afraid. Yes, well, and I mean, they're living in the Stone Age. It's a prehistoric kind of uh, setting, <laughs> yes, yes. which cave, is beautifully people, animated yes. and quite fantastic. Oh, really? Like, so it is good. They were, they were flying turtles, which was really cool. Flying turtles. <laughs> I in, thought they in, were beautiful. In the prehistoric uh, times, okay. Yes, yes. Okay. But ultimately, The Crudes is a family movie. Actually, it's a daughter-father movie. Oh, um, nice. The first half of the film is about Eep's discoveries and her growth I- I as, a, as a young woman. Mm-hmm. And really, the second half of the family is about the transformation of the father, whose name is Grug, mm-hmm. who is wonderfully, uh, uh, his voice is wonderfully done by Nicolas Cage. Oh, good. And it's, it's just, it's very uh, nicely done, that relationship. And... They also have this theme kind of running through about following the light, which can, of course, you know, for me, metaphorically stand for the light of faith. And it can add a deeper layer of symbolic meaning. Um, There are also some very silly action scenes that will tickle the funny bones of young viewers. So overall, I found this a strong family film. Um, the second film is is a Hallmark film, which was okay. co-produced by Hallmark and Walden Media, and I hmm. believe it's releasing to DVD this week. Um, but if it's not, um, keep an eye out for it. It's it's based on a novel, and it's called The Watsons Go to Birmingham. It's the okay. story of an ordinary black family who live in Michigan uh, in the 1960s, but travel to Birmingham um, to visit to visit the mom's family in 1963, right in the middle hmm. of the height of the civil rights movement. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, this year, September 15th, is the 50th anniversary of the bombing of the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, oh, really? where people were injured and died. Um, so this movie really helps uh, viewers understand not only the civil rights movement, but it also, I found, it, it gives a little bit of a commentary on... Um, the senseless terrorism that we experience today. Mm. Um, so this family, a very ordinary family, witnesses uh, these, these, this civil, this violence, and it really marks the entire family, but especially the narrator, who's an 11-year-old boy okay. named Kenny. So I, I don't want to give any spoilers away, no, but a good, good. part okay. of the film is uh, Kenny struggling to understand the discrimination and violence that he witnesses. And this film becomes a bit of a brother-to-brother film mm-hmm. uh, where uh, they help each other grow. So okay. both of these films are quite, you know, they deal directly with fear, 
um, and how to grow past fear. I would say the crudes looks at, you know, uh, faith, you know, following the light to grow past fear, whereas the Watsons really talk about as love as being the way to grow past fear. Okay. But both films take place within really a refreshing context of a loving, though not perfect, family. Okay. So good. it's those relationships yeah. that make the films, yeah. Good, good, because no family is perfect. So those are clearly both films for the whole family. Yeah, they're, they're rated PG because there is some violence and uh, right. scary action in the crudes, but violence in both. Right. But I really would recommend them um, for the whole family. Okay, very good. So the crudes... And the Watsons go to Birmingham. Thank, thank you very much, Sister. We're going to look those films up. Sister Marie Paul Curley is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you can read her blog at windowsthesoul.wordpress.com. Hi, this is Josh Blakesley, and you are listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You can podcast our show for free at saltandlighttv.org slash radio, and that's also where you can now listen to Christian Music Live all day long at that same web address. Just click on the Listen Live link. And here now is Sheridan. Welcome to a new season. Hello, Pedro. Hello, my friends. Have you ever wondered what the stewardship office does? Yes. I mean, no, because I don't really <laughs> think about it. But yeah, I have no idea what that is. I got to tell you, I didn't know what they did either. Stewardship, yeah. Yeah. So I called up Eden D'Souza, coordinator of the stewardship office at the Diocese of Calgary, to find out more. Eden, thanks for speaking with us. Thank you so much for having me. First up, what is stewardship? What does the stewardship office oversee? Basically, um, answer your first question, what is stewardship? Basically, it's an awareness that everything we have and everything we are comes from God. Right. Now, um, what we do as uh, the stewardship office is develop that philosophy into each parish that we have throughout the diocese. Okay, so what's your role then? Our role basically is to um, go into parish pastoral councils and um, promote um, uh, like the pillars, of the principles of stewardship. So basically, it's uh, receiving God's gifts with gratitude, okay. cultivating God's gifts responsibly, like growing them, mm-hmm. um, forming them, and then also um, sharing God's gifts with the, uh, per, uh, per, uh, with the parishioners. And then finally, um, after all that is done, we return God's gifts back to um, the glory of God. Okay, so how long have you been in this role, and um, what can we look forward to going forward? Um, I've been in this role for over three years. Uh, it's been a huge learning curve, and it's uh, it's been such a huge blessing in meeting so many great people throughout the Diocese of Calgary, as well as um, nationally and um, in the U.S. as well. And uh, one of the biggest things I think I've learned uh, in this office is um, the best way to be a good steward is learning the faith mm-hmm. and uh, and forming yourself. And so one of the roles that we did as a stu- um, from my office, we formed this thing called Faith Life. And it's a panel of a priests that talk about the faith. Right. And, oh, and it's been very successful. They go to different uh, parishes, and they talk about different things. Our biggest uh, uh, event for faith life was um, the biggest topic that we had was the four last things, which was judgment, heaven, hell, and purgatory. And mm, interesting. Yeah. And what was the attendance like for that? We had over 450 people that attended that. Wow, that's impressive. Yes, and, and we videotape everything. It's on our diocese website, and so people can always check it out on our diocese website under the stewardship office. Okay, so that's calgarydiocese.ca? That is correct. Okay, anything coming up in the future that we can uh, talk about? 
Um, in, we are planning for a couple of stewardship conferences, uh, one in 2014, probably in June, and then another one, a, a, a big one in 2015, uh, another big conference there. But uh, uh, besides that, we always keep uh, forming with the parishes. So uh, that's, that's our goal is to form all our parish pastoral councils into a stewardship parish. Well, that sounds wonderful. Thanks so much, Eden. Thank you for having me. God bless. I was speaking with Eden D'Souza, coordinator of the Stewardship Office at the Diocese of Calgary. To find out more, visit calgarydiocese.ca. Yeah, that was good. Nice to hear Eden there. Hello, Eden. (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much, Sheridan. So coming up in our second half hour, why Lino Rulli should be canonized right away and a featured chat with Audrey Assad. So don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Lino Rulli is someone who I can say that I did not meet 10 years ago as we were preparing for World Youth Day 2002. In fact, I just met him this past summer at World Youth Day 2013 in Rio. But I had heard about him and knew who he was, and hopefully he also knew who I was. Lino has a long history in Catholic broadcasting as producer and host of the Emmy Award-winning show Generation Cross. In fact, that's how I first heard of him. And now, as the Catholic guy on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM, Lino's dream of being published came true last year with his first book, Sinner. And now he has the sequel, Saint. And to tell us all about these, I uh, recently spoke with the Catholic guy himself, Lino Rulli. Deacon Pedro, I only heard about you yesterday, quite frankly. I was just going to say, this PR is so sad. Told me that I'd be here. This is so sad. And they said, oh, no, no, do you remember that kind of creepy guy that, that guy you met in Rio, in Rio over the summer? That guy, that guy. And I said, oh, they said, yeah, they said, yeah, you're going to be on his radio show. I said, oh, for the love of God. Now, the radio show that competes, no, it doesn't compete against, it's on a different playing field than your radio show, but on the same channel. Right. And it's not, it, to say it's a different playing field, it's pr- practically a different sport. But you know what? It's practically a different story. Let me ask you something here. What do you mean this has been my dream to be published? Isn't it? Didn't you say that that in Saint, in Sinner? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. My dream was to be... be, No, no, no. No? My dream was for the advance. I never wanted to be published (laughs) at all. You just want the advance and then you went to Panama with the advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I found out you're from Panama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's kind of interesting. You speak English all right, though. I do, and Spanish. Oh, really? Very well Spanish. Congratulations. So, why did you write these books? Advance. Why did you write the second book? <laughs> Bigger advance. Why did the publisher ask you to write the second book? Because the first one sold well enough to really? be the second Really? D- it advance. did? So, so yeah? Well, I don't, I, you know, I'll be honest. I'm just, I mean, I'm trying to be jokey here. I know, I know. I don't know why they asked me to write a second book. I, I'm presuming that the first one didn't completely But you didn't bomb. think about, I'm going to write Sinner, and then you thought, oh, what a great idea. Let's follow up with, it's not really a sequel. It's, it's not because sequels usually are bad. So let's, let's get that right out of <laughs> this everybody's... This is a great book. <laughs> let's get that out of everybody's minds. I wish I was smart enough to have... Right now... To have thought about it from the beginning. Right. When, when somebody was nice enough a couple of years ago to say, we'd like to pay you to write a book, I said, well, let's take that money before the medication wears off on those <laughs> folks. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I just said, and anything they said, just write about your life. And I told stories basically about me being a sinner. Yes. Because I always felt like people in church, people in religious groups always seem to be holier than me, always seem to be better than me. And I was wondering, are they like me in any way? Do they screw up? Do they make mistakes? Mm. And what was the advance again? So that was the motivation for the first well, book. Well, clearly it was big enough. 
We're speaking of my or, nose, I assume. Yes. And then in Saint, oh, when they were nice enough to ask me again, would you write a second book? I said, sure, I got a great idea. Oh, so you had already had the idea. No, I lied to them. And uh, I got the advance. Yeah. And then I said, well, now, now is the time, Lino. You have to come up with an idea. So they give you the advance without even knowing what the idea for the second book was? Well, yeah. That's trust. Well, That's otherwise good. I'd have to Who work first. Who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody go to Sermon Bucks. They're just throwing money away. <laughs> I, I gave them an idea of what I wanted to write, but the, the, the thing, I don't know if anybody else feels this way about the relationship with God, but this is the way I feel. Oftentimes, things kind of happen, and they kind of come out of the blue, and that's how you know it's not necessarily a miracle, but it's from God. You're married, right? Uh -huh, yes. I don't know if one day you realized this was the woman for you, one day you realized you were going to get married, mm -hmm. and it necessarily didn't even come from you. Perhaps it did, mm -hmm. but perhaps you felt like it was a blessing or a grace from God. Yes. Well, I'm married to my work. So this, the idea for my next book, when Saint was to be written, I realized, you know, the fact of the matter is, I am a sinner, and yet I'm still in this Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church calls all in the church to holiness. There's yeah. a universal call to holiness, calls us all to sainthood. So I said, well, let's put these two together, and then we have sinner and we have saint. Perfect. And because I'm wildly insecure, it's called saint, why I should be canonized right away. Yeah, I, I want this to happen now. I don't want it to yes. happen after I'm dead because I don't know how to benefit from that. Every sinner has a future. Every saint has a past. Right. That's and every sinner quote, yeah. has an advance and every saint <laughs> has an advance. <laughs> so who is this book for? You. I wrote it for you, Deacon For Pedro. me? Did you dedicate it? <laughs> That's right. The dedication. That's right. I wrote it for you. You dedicated it, and it's like you wrote, we write the same thing to everybody. Can you write something no, 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 that's I didn't mean? De I dedicated the book to my mom. The book is dedicated to my mom. You mean I autographed it personally to you. And yeah, you feel but like can I you write something more personal? Like how I changed your life? How, how everything you, you know, you learned from me? Commit okay, time. we'll do that after we're done the interview so that we're not eating into my precious 10 minutes. Oh, okay. Your well, precious 10 minutes. I'm here as long as you want. <laughs> Where I got to go. So... I'm in Canada. It's for me, so people like me, anybody can read it. I'm Canadian in Canada. dollars. I, I don't know how to get out of here. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm trapped in this country. So 10 minutes, it might be 10 years that I'm on these. It's list. metric, 10 minutes. <laughs> right, I don't know how you guys work that all out. Um, so this is a book for the average person. They don't have to be Catholic to read it. Oh, no, no, they, they have to be Catholic. They have no, to if you go to Amazon.com uh, or .ca, as they call it here in Canada, yeah. or if you go to a bookstore, uh, they actually make sure that you're Catholic. You have to recite the creed. You have to bring your yeah. Catholic ID? Yeah, the, the creed, the new form, not the old form. Is it in the, is it in the Catholic section? Is it's it like in the, where, in what section? Self-help. Self-help? That's right. How to be a saint. It's in African-American studies. <laughs> what do you think it's in? I don't know. It's a religious book. Of course it's in religion. I don't know. It might be in comedy. Like it might be in, oh, in, God in, bless in, in, in biography. Oh, I wish it'd be in comedy. Funny radio hosts <laughs> biographies. I wish it was in comedy. No. It, yes, it's in the religious section. It's in the religious section. Yes. So is it a religious book? New Age. <laughs> Would you say age. that it's in a religious book? Of course it's a religious book. I'm, I'm just trying to man. make sure you get more people buying the book. So we've got to hit the people who want a religious book, but we've got to hit the people who also want to just read a book about a regular guy. If that, you want to read a book that's going to make you laugh and make you cry... I don't know what book that would be, but <laughs> this one. This is a uh, great alternative. This is, this is, you know what, Sinner, uh, can I just say, all kidding aside, please. I, I was skeptical and I read it and A, it made me know you better, which was great. Um, and it was very funny and I related to a lot of it and a lot of it was very meaningful. Thank you. For me as a, as a Catholic. 
striving towards, towards holiness. So I'm looking forward to reading this. Well, th uh, this is what I would, first of all, it's very nice of you to say. So but, I do but I'm not saying it that. just to be nice. No, I mean no, it. No, if no, I didn't I mean it, I wouldn't say it. No, no, I, I agree. Tell it to your Precious face. 10 minutes wouldn't be wasted. Yeah. Uh, but what I would hope you get out of this book, Saint, honestly, is that you're going to try to see yourself in a light that you've never really seen. And what I mean by that is that you actually are called to sainthood. That you, Deacon yes. Pedro, are actually yeah. called to heaven. Holiness, you're you're yeah. called to holiness. You're called to be a role model in the faith. You're called to these things. That's crazy. And when you hear stories about me uh, doing drugs, you think, well, no, 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 a guy who's done mushrooms probably can't be a canonized saint. Right. Okay, well, now, does that mean I, do I have to take myself out of the running because of mistakes in my past? No. Then I really can, I can still be a saint. Yeah, absolutely. When I talk about the, the first time I kissed a girl, the ripe old age of 15. Sad. Uh, when was it? How was old that were, the last time also? Deacon Pedro, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, good now. How, how old were you the first time you kissed a girl? Oh, I don't know. Come on. Probably, probably 15. 15, or, okay. Yeah, probably the same. We both... 14. Oh, you had to beat me by a year, sure. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the, okay, the, you talk about uh, me making out... It was my mother. <laughs> oh. Well, that's gross. The first time you made out with Kissed, a girl? No, made oh, out. Oh, Ooh, you made what are you out. talking about? Kissing the... Yes. Oh, get out of here. 14. So my whole point is, guys and girls who make stupid mistakes in their life, silly things in our past that also are in our present, and perhaps we're going to make stupid decisions in the future, am I still called to, uh, to holiness? Yeah. Am I still called yeah. to be a good Catholic? Yeah. The answer is yes, yes. but it's going to blow apart what you think about what a saint is. Uh -huh. If you think a saint is only somebody who lived in the uh, 700s, in, the, yeah, in the Middle Ages, if they only live in uh, monasteries or convents. Yeah, and they if, were all like this. Yeah. Yes, porcelain yeah. statues. Yes. If only popes get to be canonized. If that's the story of the Catholic Church, then we might as well all quit going to church because none of us are ever going to be going yes. to heaven, right? But that is not the story. We know that. Yes. And if it's not the story, then each one of us is called to be a saint and each one of us has to look how seriously we think of holiness and do we see holiness in ourselves or in one another, and when we fall short, what do you do about that? Absolutely good. So all that is in this book, all the answers to all the questions. And I was in the circus. holiness. And I was in the circus. Yeah, but don't give it away. I'm, why don't I just give away? I didn't give away Oh, anything. sorry, that's just enough to, to, to entice them, the tease. If you want to learn about Lino being in the circus, buy the book. It's called Saint. It's published by Servant Books. You can get more information probably at the Servant Books website, but also at Go to CatholicGuy.com. 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 Catholic sure. Look Lino up on Facebook and Twitter at Lino Rulli. And uh, listen to your radio program. Sure, why Every not? evening, 5 to 7 p.m. on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129. Um, thanks a lot. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. That was a conversation I had with the Catholic guy, Lino Rulli, a couple of weeks ago. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Audrey Assad with Good To Me from her new album, Fortunate Fall. I put all my hope on the truth of your promise And I steady my heart on the ground of your When I'm bowed down with sorrow, I will lift up your name. And the foxes in the vineyard will not steal my joy. 
Shall fall. 
That was Audrey Assad with Good To Me from her album Fortunate Fall. Now, last June, we were thrilled to finally have Audrey Assad on the program. Audrey is probably one of the busiest Catholic recording and performing artists in the planet. Last year, Audrey released her second album with Sparrow Records, Heart, and that's when we spoke to her. And then after a successful Kickstarter campaign, she spent the good part of last year producing her latest album, Fortunate Fall, which we've been listening to. And so we welcome Audrey back to the program. Audrey, it's so good to have you back. I know you you're, uh, had a late, light, late night last night. It is true, but it's good to be here. Um, 10 a.m. is not so early in Nashville. So <laughs> 10 a.m. is not so early. Yeah, I was just wondering, when, when you're on a like, recording, you're not, you know, those aren't early mornings that you have to be recording at 8 in the morning or anything like that, right? I start around 10, but I don't sing at 10. You don't um, sing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, I get I get going at 10 o'clock, you know. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I, I know some, you hear some stories about artists that, that, that like, they like to record overnight. So they're recording right. like at 3 in the morning. Yeah, yeah that's not I me either. No. I got to fall asleep. Yeah, that's good. By midnight or I'm pumpkin, so. <laughs> so I, I, I was listening to uh, an interview with one of the founders of Kickstarter just the other day. And, you know, the whole Kickstarter, can I call it a phenomena? I mean. Th- th- I think so. And I, I think that for artists like you, it makes sense. You're you're in in essence um, pre-selling albums to have a sense of how much interest there is. But I mean, uh, it doesn't mean that people can only bo- give you the amount that the album is worth because I know people can give right. you a lot more money. But why did you choose to go to go that route? Well, I had been on a record label for a few records, and the way that record deals are structured, I you don't really make a lot of money off your record sales. You make more money off touring and other things right and so I came out of the deal um, not really in any different of a financial place than I had been before I signed it (laughs) and so I was like you know I need to get a record out there it's been a year and a half it's time you know I just don't have $40,000 sitting around which is the great gifts that record labels can give you is to fund those albums for you so because I didn't have that and because I knew that I had a really amazing fan base I, I wanted to sort of huddle them in a little bit and sort of bring them around the mission that I felt I was sort of changing into because I was shifting like into more church music focused career. And so I thought Kickstarter would be a really great way to do that, to not only obviously make a record, but also to really connect with the fans about what was happening in my job and my ministry. And it really did both of those things. Okay, so I was going to ask you, so it it did, did you find that, that that the fans feel like they have something more at stake Definitely. in this album, that it's more oh, theirs? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I feel that we really, um, I guess, I, I felt that, you know, maybe we even shrunk our fan base slightly mm-hmm. in the sense that we were getting more specific about who, you know, would love this album. And, and, and I think that was actually what I wanted. I wanted to have more of a tribe and less of a, you know, vague mass of people that I don't really understand anything about, you know, who just buy albums and that's all there is. And, you know, I can't be best friends with everyone, but I wanted to, I wanted to have more of a connection to those people to understand more about who they were and what they like, you know, and what they do. And I think Kickstarter really did that for me. Absolutely. No, I, I, I think it's a great, uh, <laughs> a great venture. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about this album. Why, why the title? Fortunate Fall? Well, the way that I write, typically, is I 
I wait around for a while until I find an inspiration, and then I just uh, run with it. Right. And sometimes that means I carve out three weeks of time to write, uh, you know, some songs, and it takes me four days to really even get going. Um, and that was kind of the case with this. I had I had done the Kickstarter, and I had about two weeks or uh, three weeks or so, I think, that I, I wanted to write some songs for the record because I already had a few. Uh-huh. And I was sitting there for a few days, nothing, you know, just nothing going on. I was reading and checking out stuff and whatever, you know, praying. And so then I came across the context of where the line in the Exultant comes from that says, Oh, happy fault. Mm-hmm. Oh, necessary sin of Adam that gained for us so great and glorious the Redeemer. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, of course, sourced from an Augustine quote about God judging it better to bring good out of evil than to never permit evil to exist. Right. And fortunate fall was an alternate translation of the phrase, oh, happy fall. There's something about the words that the two words together mm-hmm. really just lit a fire under me, and I just wrote the whole record. Uh, I scrapped all the other songs and wrote the entire album really um, after having thought about that for a day. And so I just feel like it was what I don't know. I just waited around for that spark, and I felt like that was what was there, and so I I ran with that. So do you... I've spoken to Sarah Hart a lot about songwriting, and she's probably like the queen of songwriting, but (laughs) everybody's got their own thing. Do you you then really feel that the songs are gifts? You have to wait until the... It's a gift that's given to you, or or where do you think these songs come from? I mean... Well, you know, it's tricky. I'm not exactly sure, because I think there's a, a need for some theology behind that kind of thing. Like, yeah. I don't know if God hands me songs. I, I, I really don't understand it. It's a mystery to me. Mm-hmm. I just know that when it comes to writing church music, I won't say the same for pop music, but right. when it comes to writing church music, I have a very hard time contriving anything. It's like, it's really difficult for me to go, I want to write a song about, you know, somebody yeah. who lost their child, and and you know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. It just doesn't come easily to me to yeah. not write from something more mystical than right, that and kind right. of personal. And so I can't speak to it as you know for other writers. I just know I have a hard time with that kind right. of writing when it comes to church music. Uh-huh. So I and don't know how it happens. No, but and and it's how it works for me. And you would describe this album as church music? I would. I think it has a mixture of corporate prayer songs, like Good To Me is a perfect yeah. example. Whenever I do that at the concerts or at the prayer nights, as I'm calling them now, um, yeah. people are well able to kind of sing with me and pray all together. And then there's a few songs on it that are sort of more meditative and a little bit more suitable to private devotion, I guess. But it's a mix of those two things in such a way that I would say it's for the church, it's usable by the church in a lot of ways, and I was thinking of the church as I wrote it, so I hope that it came out that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, um, and you're right. Good to me. It's uh, such a such a nice song. Um, I know you do some art. Did you did you design the cover as well? Actually, did not. This was designed by a guy in California. He's a youth minister, as a matter of fact, that we met at a church when we went to mass in Pasadena last summer, mm-hmm. and uh, it turned out to be an art student. Right. And we looked at his work. And my husband said, this guy is, like, incredible, you know? And he doesn't even have a website or a portfolio or anything. And uh, we just kind of kept him around, like, 
for when we would need somebody. And okay. I sent him, you know, some demos and like a color palette and the theme of the record. And he came back with that crane. Yeah. Okay. Flower petals and leaves. And I thought, I don't even want to see another idea. Like, I love this. It's okay. Incredible. So, because, yeah. Uh, can you explain it for people like yeah. me that don't get it? So the bird, the crane, yeah. what's up with that? The crane is an Eastern, ancient Eastern Christian symbol of vigilance and also of the Lord Jesus. And okay. he uh, was really kind of, I think, moved by the idea of fortune of fall in the sense of that paradox of, uh-huh. of sort of like, you know, good and evil existing some way in harmony that we don't understand in God's wisdom. So he used um, both dead and living petals to build the picture. And he did oh. sit outside and arrange that and photograph it. So it's a photograph of, you know, all these petals and leaves um, arranged in that way, living and dead. And so... Okay, wait, so There's it's not a painting. He, he actually did it with not real... not a painting, yeah, it's a photograph. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah. yeah. Wow. It is yeah, beautiful. Yeah, he uh, put a lot of thought into that. I was wow. very, very blessed by his work. Wow. I thought it was so beautiful. Now, I know that you're in the middle of, of the Fortunate Fall Tour, and you have a couple, actually quite a few dates left. So you're going to be in Indiana. You have a, a concert, at least one in Nashville, where you live, and then you're in Georgia and you're going to mm-hmm. be in Florida for a couple of days. So if people are in those uh, regions, in those areas, they can find out, look it up on your website to, f- to find yeah. out details. Yeah, I've got all the tour dates there. Uh, okay. To find out tickets and stuff like that. And when you're done with this tour, uh, do you have anything else coming up? I do. Uh, for two weeks in November, I'm going to be, uh, right before Thanksgiving, I'll be touring with a band from Ireland called Rend Collective, who they've been kind of blowing up the uh, Christian radio market recently and they're really amazing people and such fun music so that's going to be great what are they called rend collective rend collective yeah and uh you'd you'd like them you should check them out there it's so funny because we were on a tour last year together with 10th avenue north and we were i was on their bus and we were joking about how it it was a bunch of northern irish protestants and one uh american catholic together like it was super fun time but that's great uh they're really great great sports lots of fun and Uh um and then I am doing an Advent tour with Matt Marr as well, starting after Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, so the only weekends I have off between now and Christmas are this weekend and Thanksgiving weekend, because I'm going to be out on the road the whole okay, time. Okay, well, so enjoy those two weekends, I guess. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. <laughs> um, Advent tour, that, that should be fun. So, so all that information will be on your website. So if people yes. want to find out more details, um, as is information on your new album, Audrey, it, it's been so good to speak to you again. You're doing thank good work, you. and we love the, we love the music. So we're playing thank it. Um, so thank you. Yes, Audrey Assad's new album, Fortunate Fall, uh, as I said, is, is now available. You can find Audrey on Facebook. She's on Twitter, and also, of course, on her website, AudreyAssad.com. That's Assad with two S's. AudreyAssad.com. And here now is Audrey with another song from her new album, Fortunate Fall. The song is called You Speak. You liberate me from my own noise and my own chaos, from the chains of a lesser love. You set me free. You.
were listening to Audrey Assad with You Speak from her new album, Fortunate Fall. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs for free at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And that's also where you can now listen to uninterrupted music all day long on Salt and Light Radio. Christian music like never before. Thanks to the wonderful support from artists like Audrey Assad. Just go to our website and learn how you can listen to online or on the go on your mobile devices. In fact, I've been listening through the Bluetooth in my car, so that's pretty cool. And go to that same webpage, saltandlighttv.org radio, if you want to stay connected with us in order to be entered into our weekly draw for cool music prizes. All we need is your name and email address. Next week, we'll be giving away a copy of Audrey Assad's Fortunate Fall. You can also look us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash slradio1. That's slradio and the number one, Salt and Light Radio 1. And send us your comments and feedback. Everyone who posts a comment on Facebook and invites others to like our page and shares our posts will get entered into our weekly draw. And also visit me on Facebook, Deacon Pedro, or follow me on Twitter, at Deacon Pedro GM. Thank you for your generosity, for your prayers. Thank you for considering us when you're making your charitable contributions. We cannot do our work without your support. We are Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. And thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. In the silence of the heart, you So oh.